Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, December the 19th, 2022. It is currently 8.47 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I am pretty sure you are aware of this. I, I, I'm pretty sure you would even admit this. Maybe some of you will disagree with me, but I believe Christians are really good at talking a big game. I think we are really good at talking a big game. I mean, we talk it up so much, right? We talk it up. Hey, as Christians, we're to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, our, all of our heart, all of our mind, all, all of our body, all of our soul. And we talk about that, that yes, we are to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. But we talk about it as if we do it. It's what we do. We love Jesus that much that we seek first the kingdom of God, that we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we meditate on his word day and night. We talk about this always in ways that that seem to indicate that we believe that we can do it and that we do do it. And then whenever there's a failure, we believe that's an anomaly that possibly proves someone is not saved. We talk a big game. Oh, the Bible, it's the inspired word of God. It's a treasure. It's our spiritual food. We love it. And if anyone badmouths it, attacks it, criticizes it, or does anything to it, like tear out a page or anything, we lose our minds. We talk a big game. We know what we're supposed to say. We know that we're, we're, we're to use all of these words talking about it. But it's sometimes all of the talk and all of the big game that we talk really never amounts to anything when push comes to shove. Sometimes what we find out is we talk a big game, but there's something missing, and that is a reality. That we, we, we know how to put on a play, but we don't know how to live it out. We know how to do performance art, but we don't actually know how to do it. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me explain. Christians will talk, this, the Bible is the word of God. It is, it is perfect. It is inspired. It is, it is a treasure. We're to desire it more than gold and silver, more, more than food. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We, we, we know all of those words and we say it over and 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 over again. And then every year statistics come out showing Christians don't even read the Bible on a daily basis. Christians rarely study the Bible in any meaningful, systematic way. Church attendance is way, way, way down. Christians are more biblically illiterate than at any time in history. Christians are theologically illiterate. Illiterate. While we're going around talking the big game, all of the actual measurements seem to indicate when we say that, but we don't demonstrate that. We say that we love God, but clearly we love everything more. We say that we seek first the kingdom when clearly we're seeking everything else more. I mean, there's just a million examples of this. Now, to me, I'm not shocked or surprised by this because whenever we look in scripture and we see the laws of God, which love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, that's a law. 
seek first the kingdom of God, hunger and thirst after righteousness. All of these are laws calling us to live a certain way of life. And guess what the reality is? We're going to fall short of them 24-7 all the time because we have a sinful nature, right? That's why we have to be saved by the righteousness of Christ, by his obedience imputed to us because we fall short. So to me, it's not a surprise, but most Christians say, no, 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 no. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. And then claim that we do it even though everything says that we don't. And you really see this when it comes to the most wonderful time of ye- of the year, Christmas time. Oh yes. Christmas time. Christians get so sanctimonious. Christians get so self-righteous. And we tell the world, it's Jesus is the reason for the season. And we tell everyone, how dare you not call that a Christmas tree? You better not call that a holiday tree. And when I come to your store, you better say Merry Christmas. It's about Jesus, the world. And we get upset about Satan Claus or Santa Claus. We get upset about that. We get upset about everything. Oh, the world is is trying to destroy uh, Christianity. The world's trying to destroy Christmas. There's a war on Christmas. We've got to stand against it. We've got to fight against it. No, it's not a holiday. It's not a holiday break. It's a Christmas break. No, it's not a holiday party. It's a Christmas party. Oh, we want the world to know it's about Jesus. It's about Christmas. And we talk a big game. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And oh man, we want the world to know that Christmas is about Jesus. Once again, we talk a big game. But when push comes to shove, what happens year after year after year after year? Well, depending on when Christmas falls, this is what happens. Let's say Christmas falls on a Monday. Guess what? Go to that church on a Monday. The doors are locked. The lights are off. And everybody's at home because even though Jesus is the reason for the season, we're not going to be at church. We're going to be giving presents to one another and we're going to be shoving a bunch of food down our throats. But Jesus is the reason. And it's too, it's church. If Christmas falls on a Tuesday, knock on the door. The church is silent. Everyone's gone. The parking lot is empty. All the lights are off. The sanctuary is empty because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus by not going to church. If it's on a Wednesday, if it's on a Thursday, if it's on a Friday, if it's on a Saturday, and lo and behold, guess what happens when it falls on a Sunday? Now, remember, we love Jesus. Jesus, we talk a big game. Guess what happens when church When Christmas falls on a Sunday, the church starts going, what do we do? What do we do? The following was found at Yahoo News, not a Christian news source. Yahoo News. Here is their headline. Oh, come all ye faithful, except when Christmas falls on Sunday. Isn't that a Christian website? Oh, come all ye faithful, except when Christmas falls on Sunday. I wonder what they're going to say. Stonebridge Christian Church in eastern Nebraska is known locally for hosting a big annual fireworks event, which this fall included 15 food trucks and portable fire pits for making s'mores. 
but it's the Christmas season that is our Super Bowl, Super Bowl, said the church executive pastor, Mitch Chitwood. This year, the church's four locations in the Omaha area will host four Jingle Jam family parties in December. It's just so ridiculous. Jingle Jam family parties. Okay. Uh, on Christmas Eve, complete with classic carols, Christmas-themed coffee drinks, and a festive photo booth in the lobby. What they will not have is church on Sunday, December the 25th. (laughs) On Christmas Day, Stone Ridge will offer a simple community breakfast, but no religious service. We'll still believe, we still believe in the Sunday morning experience, but we have to meet people where they are. And where they are on Christmas Day is usually at home in their pajamas. This year, church leaders are grappling with what many seem like an odd dilemma. Christmas Day falls on a Sunday for the first time since 2016, and that's a problem. Christmas is considered by most Christians to be the second most significant religious day of the year behind Easter. But most Protestants do not attend church on Christmas Day when it falls on a weekday. If everyone from the pews, if everyone from the pews to the pulpit would rather stay home, what is a particular house of worship to do? This year, some Protestant churches are deciding to skip Sunday services completely. Six years ago, the last time Christmas fell on a Sunday, particularly no one showed up for services at the church. You got to love that. Hey, hey, even if you have a church, no one's, even if you're going to have church on Christmas, no one's going to show up because, hey, 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 we hunger and thirst after righteousness. We seek first the kingdom of God. We will put no, we will worship no idol. We only serve God. We love God. We love God. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's Christmas. Stop with all of you trying to secular, trying to turn Christmas into a secular holiday. It's a religious holiday. How dare you liberals go after Christmas? Where's Fox News? Come on, sound the alarm. And while we run around screaming and yelling and acting like it's the end of the world, we don't even bother to show up to church on the day that we're supposed to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, I don't celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Okay, well, that's fine. Don't celebrate it. But if it's on a Sunday, you would then show up to church, right? Now, I'm struggling with this this year because, look, back in the past, whenever this would happen. Now, at my church, just so that you know, full transparency, at my church, it doesn't matter when Christmas is. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we always have a service. It's over an hour long. There's a little extra singing and a full-blown sermon, Right? Sometimes it's very seasonal, the sermon, and sometimes it's very theological. Sometimes we may look at the ancient Christological heresies that hit the church. Sometimes we just, whatever we're studying, we're just going to do the, like if we're studying law and gospel on Sunday, we're just going to keep going with law and gospel. We're not going to necessarily change it up. I may do something different. Who knows? But I'm not going to, I'm not going to change anything up. And look, I understand. Let's make it very clear. I do understand. As a pastor of a very small church in literally the middle of nowhere, there's a high probability that Sunday night I may have to live stream because there won't be anyone there because people got family coming in. People are going to be going places and it may be wiped. There may not be anybody there. 
So, but I'm going to live stream one way or the other. I'm going to do something. But the point is that we Christians talk such a big game. We say that, no, Jesus comes first and we love Jesus before everything else. And we talk the big game. But when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, right? When push comes to, when, when, when it comes down to the reality of it, right? When we really have to decide what we're going to do, when we're in a sense shoved into a corner and we really have to prove our, our, our loyalty, we know what our loyalty is always to. It's to self. We know what we worship. We worship self. We know what we want to please is self. Now we may yell and scream what other people are supposedly doing to Christmas, but I'm telling you, when we are pushed, when push comes to shove, when we are shoved into a corner, the reality always hits us. And it's just so funny how we, we can't ever be honest with ourselves. We always have to talk. We, we, we talk it up so much. Like, I'm so tired of hearing. Like, churches do this constantly, and it drives me crazy. We talk about, it's the word of God. It's the most important thing. The preaching and teaching of God's word is the most significant thing. And as soon as your church needs to cut something short, as soon as they need, oh, we got this to do or this to do, and we've got to cut the service short, what always gets cut, it's the preaching, not the singing, not the greeting, not the donuts, not whatever the other nonsense the church is doing. They go after the preaching of God's word. Why is that cut short? Why? We talk a big game. It, it, it's, it's so simple. It, it's just like, and we've, we've been talking about this a lot in our series on long gospel. It's easy to say, oh, the commandments, I've kept them since I was little. We love my neighbor, love God. Of course I've done this. It's easy. Oh, you have? Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Okay, well, maybe it's not so easy. See, we, it's easy to say, seek first the kingdom of God. And then in a very real situation where you're going to demonstrate, what are you going to seek first on Christmas? You'll seek the world first. You'll seek your own pleasure. You'll seek family. You'll seek gifts first. You know it and I know it. So why do we pretend? Why do we talk such a big game when push comes to shove? I don't know why I have had so many problems with that phrase all of a sudden. When, all of a sudden when that happens, we cave and then it becomes obvious. Like Whatever. What is your church doing? And it's just funny that the world, the world are writing, are, are writing articles. Oh, come ye all ye faithful, unless it's Christmas, unless it's Christmas and, and church falls on a Sunday. Uh, I'm going to read that headline again because it's just absolutely, it, it's just ridiculous that we do this to ourselves. Um, oh, come all ye faithful, except when Christmas falls on Sunday. And that's from, that's from Yahoo News. That's not from a Christian news source. And then here's this big church. Hey, Christmas is really our Super Bowl, but this year we're not going to have a Christmas service. Why? Because the last time it fell on a Sunday, nobody showed up. So what do you do? If the people don't want to come, you just don't have church. <laughs> and so what some people do, they're going to have their Christmas Eve service Saturday night, right? And they'll have a candlelit service, right? Everyone will come, sing some songs, light a candle, and they'll be like, that's it. Merry Christmas. Tomorrow's the incarnation of the eternal son of God. It's his birthday. Try to remember him between all the food you're shoving down your throat and all the presents you get. Try to remember him. But, oh, don't worry about coming to church. We've canceled it because we think you need to spend time with family. 
We'll, we'll make it because we, the, 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 the family card immediately sanctifies it, right? Hey, spend time with family. Oh, dun, 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 dun. It becomes so spiritual. Now, the problem is, and, and I struggle with, I, str- I struggle with this because I'm going to flip it around. For those of us, every, every year we have church. Um, whenever Christmas Day is, we're going to have a service, a full-blown full service. It's easy for us then to become spiritually arrogant and prideful about it and condemn everyone else. It's easy for us to do that. So we have to be careful. And sometimes I feel like, and I know I, I, I think I've even mentioned this in sermons on Christmas, that we have to be very careful as a church, and I know I have to be very careful as a pastor, that we're not showing up simply to make a point, Right? That sometimes it's like, look, we, look, I don't know what your church was doing, but my church was having, like, sometimes I think I, I, I know at probably some points in my ministry, maybe my motivation was to make a point. I can't be doing it to make a point. I got to be doing it because I believe this is the day that we're going to say we're going to remember the incarnation of Jesus. If we're really going to say that, and we're really going to say that, that Christmas, I, you know, I still think the worst thing that could have ever happened was it becoming a federal holiday. I wish it would never be. I wish it would be removed as a federal holiday. I wish it would just go away. But the fact that it's the day set aside, well, you know what? And, 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 the, and the mind of the world. They think it's supposedly Christmas. They, they think it's associated with Jesus. Well, then the last thing I want them to see is drive by a church and wait. I thought Christmas. I thought Christians were yelling and screaming that Jesus is the reason for the season. They can't even bother to show up. But even that I got to be careful because I can't show up to make a point. I can't show up so that I can become spiritually arrogant. And I can't show up just to try to make a point or just to try to be a witness to lost people. We need to show up because we actually want to worship Jesus and be grateful and celebrate the fact that the eternal son of God took upon human flesh and came to this earth to keep the law for us and to die for our disobedience to it. But it's so easy. I, I, it's just so bizarre to me. So when I went on, on, on this coming Sunday, I'll get in my car and I'll, I'll probably, I may even leave a little early because I love to just drive past the different churches. I'm like, it'll be closed, 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 closed. And you just have to sit there and realize. We talk, and, and here's really my point for this episode. I don't know if you've caught on. That's why I went so lengthy in my introduction. My problem isn't so much that churches cancel services. My problem is that Christians talk such a big game that we don't actually live out in any meaningful way. If we were honest, you know what we would say? I know I'm supposed to love the Lord that God with all my heart, mind, body, and soul, I've never, I've never accomplished it, and I never will accomplish it. I know I'm supposed to seek first the kingdom of God, but I've been seeking this kingdom, and I've been seeking my own self-interest first since probably the day I was born. I know I'm supposed to hunger and thirst after righteousness, but I hunger and thirst after my own entertainment, my own pleasure, my own satisfaction, and my own benefit. I know I'm supposed to meditate on God's word day and night. I'm lucky if I meditated on it for 30 minutes. 
I know that I'm supposed to desire this, the, the, word, the word of God more than gold and silver and more than food. But when it comes to Christmas, you know what I desire? I desire hanging out with family, watching people open presents, watching TV, eating food, taking a nap. And I just love that. And you know what? I can at least respect that brutal honesty. But we yell at the world, it's about Jesus. And then we demonstrate that it's really about us. We tell, we, we pretend to ourselves that we love the word of God and that we love Jesus so much. And then as soon as their push comes to shove, we crumble. And we make it about us and we do exactly what we want while claiming, while claiming uh, that we have the ability to keep the law and that we obey it. When we clearly demonstrate that what we do is simply, well, (laughs) do exactly what we want. I have no problem. Ultimately. If someone wants to cancel, just be, just be honest. you know what? I love, I, I, I love this more than, than showing up at church. Just, just admit it. Just, just don't try to spiritualize it. Don't try to just admit it. And, and at least you're honest. And I have to be honest with myself that I, if I show up Sunday, that I'm not just doing it to make a point that I'm not doing it as a point of spiritual pride, because if that's my motivation, then is I, I just as well stay home. What I want to do is use all of this that the world says, well, come on, guys. Oh, come ye, all ye faithful, unless church, unless Christmas falls on a Sunday, and then the faithful is like, peace out. Even the world's like, what kind of nonsense is that? I just want to look at the story from a broader standpoint of just how Christians talk. We just... We talk so much and we do so little. We know all the right words to say, but we fail so often. That's why I am grateful for the incarnation because without the son of God becoming flesh and keeping the law for me and by faith, his obedience and his righteousness is imputed to my account. Apart from that, I'm, I'm doomed. Apart from that, I am damned. What will you be doing on Christmas morning? What will your church be doing? I don't want to turn this into a legalistic situation. I just want us to really be hit in the face that a lot of our talk becomes meaningless right when we get to a situation where it's tested. I, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. When many, many years ago, our church was studying the London Baptist Confession of Faith. And the first, I believe the first chapter deals with the word of God. 
And it had all of this very exalted language about the word of God is this, and the word of God is this, and the word of God. And it's all of these wonderful things. And of course, everybody in the church is like, amen. It's inspired. It's infallible. It's perfect. It's preserved. It's it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's our spiritual food. And I'm like, everybody believes all of this, right? Amen, amen, amen. And I'm like, okay, we're going to stop studying the London Baptist Confession of Faith. And I'm going to teach everyone 12 simple methods of Bible study. And then we'll see how many of you who talk a big game about how great God's word is demonstrates it by your absolute passion and desire to study. I taught the 12 methods. Do you think anyone in the church actually ever fulfilled any of those 12 methods? They fulfilled a couple, but most of the church never fulfilled 12, never did the 12. Now, I don't think doing the 12 proves anything uh, about your spirituality ultimately, but I know this. All of our exalting the word of God and talking about how wonderful it is and how great it is and how amazing it is always falls way short when push comes to shove. And you're like, oh, you think it's that wonderful? Oh, you think it's that great? Well, here you go. Go study it. And then you're like, well, no, it's not that wonderful. It's not great. I'm not going to spend hours working on it. I'm not going to spend hours studying it. Yeah, because we don't really believe all of the nonsense that we say. We say, oh, it's the word of God. It's my spiritual food. And then you're like, well, I haven't eaten in six months and I'm good to go. See, it's easy to use the exalted language, but when you're now forced, (laughs) here you go. Here you go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then we're like, well, never mind. Man, it's Christmas time. Jesus is the reason for the season. We love Jesus above everything else. Wait, 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 wait. Christmas is on a Sunday? I'm not going to church. Give me a break. Oh, hey, pastor, you think you could give us like a 40-minute, 35-minute little Christmas Eve service? Don't do any real preaching. Just let's read Let's read the Christmas story, light a candle, sing some songs, and let's get us out there. Can you say we can get out by, eight, uh, by about 7.30 p.m. because I got family coming in and we got to get, I got to get busy celebrating Christmas. Okay, yeah, sure. We, can, we will accommodate you. Hey, but remember, Jesus is the reason for the season, everybody. <laughs> it says, come on. Can we just be honest? Just be honest. You say, well, that honesty makes us look bad. I know. Because you know what the reality is? We are bad. We love ourselves. We love pleasure more than God. We're selfish. We're focused on self and we want to do what we want. I would love for a church to post an ad in the paper on Friday or Saturday. I know the paper is outdated or posted online like on Facebook. And I would like them to announce something like this. Uh, Dear community, this coming Sunday is Christmas. Typically, we have church on Sunday. But once we realize that Christmas fell on Sunday, we realize that we don't love Jesus as much as we love our time with our family and that we don't love Jesus near as much as we love our time of rest and relaxation and that we don't love Jesus near as much as we love having fun, laying around in our pajamas, opening up presents, watching television and eating good food. So as a result of we loving these other things more, we will not be having church at all on Sunday. It will not, we will not be there. The doors will be locked. So when you drive past our church, just realize, man, those are the people who love everything else more than Jesus. 
I would love for a church to do that. Not to make a point, not to be sarcastic, but to just be brutally honest. Because that's the reality. And I could put an ad going, hey, we will be at church on Sunday, but we have a tendency to do it because we want to make a point and we want to look more spiritual and act more spiritual. And sometimes our motivation is garbage. But hey, you can come and be with us as we probably do the right thing for the wrong reason. Now, I'm hoping we do it for the right reason. And I will try to address that Sunday. Hey, if you're here, don't get arrogant. Don't get a big head. How are you handling it this year? Oh, come all ye faithful. Except if Christmas falls on a Sunday. Thanks for listening. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. God bless.